When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat-treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. To the chopper! Welcome to a very special episode of Knife Talk. We're back after a couple of weeks off, and it's our 100th show. So join me, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, Jeff Fader of Fader Knives, and Mareko Mamassi of Mamassi Fire Arts for a Monday morning celebration. <laughs> Woohoo! Jesus Christmas. That'll do. Oh my God. That'll do. <laughs> Oh my god! That was my best radio voice too, and I, I hit the time. You did a good job. I'm very happy. The woohoo! The woohoo is a little bit uh, tepid. Oh, we can but do, we can do that. Wo- we can no, just do woohoo's whenever you like. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, yes. What the hell happened? Oh, I've had the worst. They say things come in threes. Okay. So first of all, the computer just decided to blow up, fizzing and smoking, and ah, oh, terrible. Um, I had a problem with an order, and I've had to redo the order, but we won't go into that too much. Um, but basically, it's just set me back a few yeah. weeks. Um, we also had a planned trip to the UK, which we did, and we all managed to get the shits on this trip. So <laughs> oh, no! started Yikes. with the babies, and they were being sick too. Then Amy got it, then myself. Then we passed it through all of the family. Oh, and wow. it, yeah, it was, it was the worst trip ever. We just spent the time in bed and not sleeping. It was terrible. Ugh. But yeah, I'm back. I'm back. I said things come in threes, so I picked myself up, and I've had a really good couple of days. Really positive couple of days. So yeah, it's all looking good. What about yourself? Well, it's funny that you mention your problems. I was gonna end off the two weeks saying I went to the city with my kid, my wife and daughter, and we just walked into a Thai food restaurant to have some Thai food, and I got some. It was super cold in New York, and I got some very hot. Thai soup, but not spicy hot, like put in the microwave too long hot. Ah, right, yeah. And I tell you what, I I got back in the car, we were driving back, and like every time I would turn, my guts would kind of like move around like there's a big water balloon in my guts, and then this morning, (laughs) (laughs) and then I hope you do this the whole episode, please, please, please. And then this morning, I woke up with the gurgle, gurgle, so if I have to run out... I might, I might have to run out at some point in this in this conversation. I, I don't. I can't. I'm at a point where I cannot trust the fart. <laughs> oh, you know geez. what I'm saying? <laughs> we'll have a poop update later. Oh Jesus! Well, the thought of that. Oh. 
So, Morocco, what's your last two weeks been like? Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, Blade Show happened over in Portland. Oh, yeah. That was a lot of fun. I'm a big fat loser. I lost the uh, cutting competition to Murray Carter. It it was was cool, though. Doing it was cool. The venue, like kind of the after party venue, was a really neat spot they got a hold of. Um, it was like a kickboxing boxing gym or something like that that they uh, I guess they rent out in the evenings when they're not training or whatever. Uh, but it was cool because the venue really wasn't that far, and Portland has all these electronic scooters like all over the place, and people were racing around from Blade Show down to this venue to go check it out. Uh, but the cutting competition, like I said, was a lot of fun. I think there's definitely room for growth. Um, and, and kind of to refine the competition a bit um but as as it goes for a first year it was really great um what was the competition yeah. though like what what did the, everybody yeah, have so to do? they had the chef's bracket and the uh, maker's bracket like i had been talking about and they had uh they had the make or they had the competitors the first round was cutting an onion in half but at the equator which was kind of odd because unless you're cutting onion rings uh you basically Ooh. never cut the onion at the equator of the onion and so and so you mean you mean not through the root yeah not, not the top root the other not way. you know top okay. to root you, right. you're cutting it yeah at the equator and so split it in half at the equator and then uh and then with the first half you had to cut rings but the you had to cut them at at a consistent thickness and i think this was to kind of test um kind of whether like the steerage of your knife if you if you ground it like 50 50 it's going to cut pretty damn straight um but if there's any issues with or kind of funkiness with the geometry um oh and even if there is a kind of funkiness with geometry it's more about your control can you cut even rings off of the onion so you had to cut five onion rings off uh, and then they measured it for thick like consistency of thickness and then um and then uh, the other half, you had dice, and that again was more about consistency. And then they, and the next one was like uh, julienning a a uh, what the fuck was it? A zucchini and julienne is just like thin slices uh, or zucchini. little like little matchstick kind of cuts. Um, and then that's a that's a strange that's a strange vegetable to do. That it with, is you know? because you wouldn't because the seed the ins the inside is much softer Absolutely. than the outside. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's not, so weird. it's not a, a vegetable that you would usually do that, that with, you'd usually do that with like carrots or something like that. Like a yeah. carrot or a potato. Mm, yeah. Um, right. and then, uh, and then let's see, and then they had you do, they had chives and the goal with the chives, that was the final round was to cut them as evenly, like, again, it was about consistency, um, and so cut ti- the tiniest, the finest little rings uh, that were the, cons- uh, the most consistent in, in uh, thickness. Right. Um, it's interesting, though, because so Murray Carter won, but he also had like three or four of his employees also competing. So even if he didn't win, he had a chance for the, Car- the Carter name to uh, to take home the win. He kind of he kind of. What was the what was the so prize? for the makers? It was a five hundred dollar cash prize for uh, fo- uh, professional photographs and a custom made um, apron, a uh, custom embroidered apron. Oh, that's nice from uh, a company uh, in 
Minneapolis. Uh, I cannot think of the name off the top of my head right now. And then the uh, the chefs got the chef won a knife uh, by our friend Mr. Fingal Ferguson. Um, super cool. Uh, Coulter Living Good won that knife. I got to see the knife and hold it and look at it. It's those, he makes really he does really good work. I like that knife. And uh, hmm. so yeah. I have a question, and this is, might okay. be controversial. I like Coulter very much. Yes. He's a good dude. Is he, should he be banned from the next one? Because he's kind of a ringer. Uh, kind of a professional professional. He's like, a, he's so like he, an ultra professional. I mean, that's yeah, what he so does he competed on the chef side, though, with other cooks, professional cooks uh, and chefs. Okay. And okay. All right, Coulter, don't worry, don't worry. I'm, well, I'm not going to put a, I'm not gonna put a ban. <laughs> I'm not going to suggest that. I think you did a good job. Um, so did you come second? <laughs> I, I got second place. Um, ah, that's good. That's great. That's not losing. Yeah, yeah. It's first. Unless it's first boxing, winner, of course, or first loser. Sorry. No. Um. <laughs> All right. I, a, no, it was on, fun. Man. Come on, man. No, it was a lot of fun. And uh, and God bless you. I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have. Done you would have been great. Thing. It was. It... I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> great or not, I wouldn't have done it. I'm not <laughs> stand up there and cut on your rings. I don't yeah, make on your rings. But uh, yeah, it was cool because they had all kinds of beer so flowing, what, and they had food trucks out like right outside the door, like thirty feet away. It was really cool. What's happened since Blade? What you been up to? Uh, so after I got back from Blade, so I finished that Tonto before I went to Blade. Like I finished it the day before I went to Blade, and got that out in the mail. I I went back to working on the small batch, uh, the Smith and Bard small batch collection, and uh, I got those all finished out. And we just sold those, and uh, the response, yeah, the response was <laughs> awesome. You know, it's nerve wracking. It, it, this is very new for me to do a small batch kind of like that and put it out there. And who knows what the response is going to be like? And uh, it was very positive, and so uh, we look forward to definitely doing more Fantastic. of those in the future. And um, oh, and and since then. Uh, I have started another knife. I, I've been posting about it kind of on my stories and, and in my feed. And uh, it's it sucks when you're doing forging and you underestimate the amount of material you need. And uh, I, I, I ended up forging this blade and I was like, crap, I don't think there's enough there. And I keep stretching it and stretching it. And I finally get the shape and size I need. Um, but it's pretty damn close to the finished proportions. And by the time I was done finish grinding it and got below, you know, the forge scale and any kind of decarb that resulted from the forging, um, it was too thin. It's so flexible right now. It's yeah. like a fillet knife. And so it's, you know, it's not going to work for this build. And so I'm working on, I started making some new Damascus for that, uh, you know, but I'm sure there's somebody out there who's going to love a super flexible chef's knife because they have the control or they do, they cut a lot of fish or I don't know what, but it just ain't going to happen for this one. So nothing like starting over after three days of work. Woohoo. Mm. All right. Well, you know, these things happen. Yeah. What can you do? Shall we see what's been going on in the yeah. world? Sure. This is KTP News. This is our section where we talk about news coming up and, and things happening and kind of some silly stuff going on with life-making kind of stuff in the world. Uh, I don't know who's... who. Apparently, our guy Rick Hall, 
Recall Knives on Instagram is going to be his episode of Forged in Fire. He was. He was. He was already on. This is notes for. This is news for. This, this is old news. news. Two weeks. I, I missed it. it. I wish I had caught this earlier. I totally missed that. I just realized. I just realized it. So. Congratulations, Recall. You're our buddy. Yeah. Congratulations on being on Forge and Fire. Great job. Nice. Nice. There you go. Tell us about your friends, Jeff. I know they've got oh. a, like a Kickstarter going, haven't they, for a makerspace run by you? Oh. Yeah. There's a, my buddy uh, Connor McGinnis is a, uh, 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 a potter in, um, in the Westchester area. He's been making beautiful pottery. For, he's done pottery for Stone Barns. I know he's done pottery for really, really nice restaurants. And he's a really ex- exceptional guy. And he's teamed up with a guy we know. His name is Yazel yeah. Knives. And um, they started a, a, a makerspace in Terrytown not too far from me, called Maker Central New York. That's at Maker Central New York. And they did, they're doing a, um, they're doing a Kickstarter. They got a great video and they're trying to raise some money so they can make it uh, a space that people can be in. And I'm not 100% sure if it's going to be for people to come in and, and uh, you know, work themselves, but it's a great maker space. These are great guys. They're very talented and it's very culinary oriented. Um, so go follow Maker Central New York. Go watch their Kickstarter. I donated because I their video is very good. Mm. Their video was funny. It, they did a good job. At one point, Connor's sitting on the toilet talking about sheetrock. <laughs> it's very. It's actually very. It's very clever. It's it's if for anything else, it's clever and support them. So Maker Central New York, uh, Yazel Knives, a good dude, uh, makes real nice uh, forge knives and um, uh, Damascus and and. Uh, no, that's for that. that's for them. Yeah, it's a very good video. It's quite funny. It's good to see. Yeah, so give yeah. them a support. Anything coming up in the calendar at all, Marek? Uh, I don't have a calendar on me right in front of me, so I don't know. Wait there. I've oh, got you got one. You got one. Here. Let's have a look. <laughs> this is completely live. What's today's date? Today is the... Okay, so today there is something happening in Lyon in France, which is the Salon de Couteau. Um... That's it until next Friday. So on Friday the 22nd, there's the New York Custom Knife Show, and that's in Jersey City. 16th. Um, And that's next Friday the 22nd going on to the 23rd, which is Saturday. Mm. There you go. There we go. What have we got in the news that's a little bit different this week? Our our silly news. Well, this wasn't so silly. This was actually a couple of weeks ago, but I don't No one really talked, uh, uh, really touched upon it in the knife world, I guess. But, uh, you know, Anthony Bourdain uh, killed himself uh, very sadly um, a number of years ago. A number of years ago? It was about a year ago, I think, wasn't it? A little bit over a year ago. And um, it was a very, very tragic thing, especially in the culinary world. He was an incredible personality. You know, you understand. Yeah. Um, he also had a, a Bob Kramer Couple knife uh, that they that they put up for auction. So this is something that's kind of flowing around, and I'm just going to read what uh, the Esquire article says. Um, uh, Anthony Bourdain, legendary knife, an auction, and a love story. As his meteorite chef knife sits for auction along 200 of his other possessions, his friends and family um, reflect on this, its lasting magic. Uh, Anthony Bourdain was enraptured with his knife. It was crafted by him in 2016 by Bob Kramer, a rock star of uh, rock star of knife making. As Bourdain, a rock star in his own right, called him, and it was influenced by samurai swordsmithing and the literal stars. The iron used to form it was harvested from meteorites. There was mythology surrounding the knife. 
at the time, the current bid was fifty thousand um, dollars, and and but we all know that it went for more than that. Yeah, um, yeah. So Morocco uh, sent me the link whilst it was still live, so I kept refreshing this link, and my God, it was climbing and climbing. Yeah. So it eventually went for two hundred and thirty-one thousand dollars. That's a lot of that's a lot, lot of money, man. Money. And it's a lot of money. Where's that money going? Is that going to his estate, to his family? Does anybody know? I would imagine. Hmm. I mean, that's his. I mean, his knife. His his knife. That's a lot of money. Yeah, so this estate auction was, was yeah, to help raise money yeah. to help support behind as well as to a a new uh, scholarship fund uh, for the CIA, he, which he is uh, an alum of. And um, so they got a new scholarship fund for uh, uh, in the honor of Anthony Bourdain, and some of that money went to that. Yeah, that's good. To help support upcoming chefs. That's excellent. That's excellent. I wonder yeah. who, the, who the, uh, the, the buyer was. It's a whole lot of money. That's a, that's a, that's a, you know, it's also, it's great. You know, God bless him. God bless him. Uh, it's, inc- it's an incredible well, amount it's, of money. It's incredible. I mean, it is an incredible inc- amount of money. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, Bob's stuff is always auctioned for, you know, exceptional money. And it's, it's always, to me, it's really inspiring to see, uh, not that I think that, any of my work is ever going to sell for that kind of money. But uh, just to see where the possibility lies um, in, in what things can sell for. Um, but obviously, Anthony is a big part of that story and a big part of why that sold for so much. Um, but Yeah, you know. I mean, there was I mean, there's a lot more more, more around it. I mean, it's the you for know, sure. It's it's, it's it, I, I think when you look at auctions like this, it's also very speculative in terms of what people are willing, you know, some people are willing to pay more than others. So it's like, you know, sure. it's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Actually, it's amazing for the family is. too. I, and it's great for the family too. And I know that, you absolutely. know, he had a lot of, you know, he had a lot of irons in the fire, so to speak, because I mean, with his TV shows were always very well respected. And, you know, I know that he was going to do that. Um, he was going to have some marketplace, uh, street, uh, a hawker market in New York city that just kind of fell through. But, um, you know, the fact that you know he was a very very successful writer and um tv personality and the fact that you know his family's you know there was a lot there's a lot left on the table when it, you know when he when he went so it's 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 good to see the people that hopefully that his family's you know taken care of to a certain degree yeah oh yeah i mean it's not going to cover it's not ain't going to cover his ain't going to cover his, the loss of their father the father but at the same time it's like, right yeah there we are. Shall we move on? Boom. Combat abrasives make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at combatabrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. Do it now. 15% KNIFETALK15 at Combat Abrasives. We all use their belts. They're the go-tos. Yahoo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> woo yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Let's take <laughs> a deep dive. There she is. <laughs> I think Morocco no sent us a question this week. Yeah. So uh, this is something you know. I I have mistakes and setbacks 
uh, all the time in my knife making. And uh, in my question, I said, how do you cope with failure? But it could also be with, you know, these kind of shortcomings, these setbacks, these these uh, mistakes that happen because it very much is a part, especially for me, um, of the custom. It just comes with the territory of doing custom work or any kind of handcraft and work is just that you know, mistakes happen, mm-hmm. stuff happens, but ha- I, I, uh, you know, sometimes I just go with it and I'm just like, well, shit happens. And sometimes it really messes me up and stresses me out. And so I was curious to see, you know, how you guys, uh, you know, how, how do you experience that kind of, those kind of mistakes and shortcomings? Um, I'm the worst. You're making. I'm the worst. When something bad happens, that's it. It's the end of the world, and I, yeah, <laughs> I'm terrible. So, I mean, I used to just try and work through it, but you, you quite often you're in a mood, and yeah, you just you're just going to make more mistakes. So, I'll quite often just finish for the day and just say, Listen, I'm going to write sure. write this day off. Wake up and wake up with a better attitude in the next the next day. Um, yeah, I'm just not very good at it. And I mean, thankfully, my wife is, you know, she's very encouraging and all the rest of it. And she she sort of, you know, says, well, you know, things happen. And, you know, if you're going to do something different, you've got to expect that things will happen. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it hits me quite hard. So quite often I'll just walk away from it, do something different. Um, I quite like, I've got a million and one hobby, so I've always got something I can be doing anyway. Um, but, yeah, sure. just come back to it with a fresh head. That's the only way for me. Otherwise, I just find myself getting further and further down this rabbit hole and making more stupid mistakes. And it's, <laughs> it's not good for me. Sure. But it's not, it's not just you, or it's not just you. Mm. It's everyone always feels that way. It's that whole idea of imposter syndrome. Yeah. It's, and it really has not, I mean, it's had to do with everything. You know, it's, I think that, I think that what it comes down to is when you feel failure, one of the things in a positive note in regards to that and you feel you've seen a setback and you made this decision is you have the inner fortitude to take responsibility for your actions. And I think that that's much more valiant than blaming other people or other machines or the things or whatever are not taking responsibility. So when you're, when you feel like you've made a mistake or you, 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 you internalize it in a way that you're just like, I suck at this. I had that recently. I'm like, I've made a, you know, a pile of things. And then all of a sudden I do one thing. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And then it takes a while. I walk around a little bit and I'm like stressed out and I'm just like, what am I doing? And what else is going to happen? And it's how you deal with it. But really the issue is, is you become too hard on yourself because you, you, you're taking responsibility for your actions and that's the sign of a positive human being. Mm-hmm. I just blame right. the machines. What if you? I blame the machines. Well, see, Fucking drill yeah, press, you, <laughs> kicking it. <laughs> yeah, if you blame other things, if you don't take res- that's the that is ultimately one of the biggest problems with people in general yeah. is they don't take responsibility for their actions and they sure. don't claim they don't own the responsibility that they made a mistake. Okay, it's how you deal with it. Mm. It's it's the worst. It's terrible. You feel like you're a complete garbage. But the prop the good thing is, at least at least you give a shit. You know, at least you're not like you know, a sociopath who blames other things, other people. Hmm. So, you know, shining star. I, I'm terrible. I like want to like, I want to throw things. I want to, I'm the worst. I, I feel like garb, human garbage. I feel like human garbage. <laughs> and it takes me a while to kind of like get past it. Yeah. You know? And I think another good thing is that we've got this community there. So, I mean, just, just the week before last, I, I was, I was hitting my head against the wall with something. And it's just like, every time it just wasn't working. And I, you know, I ruined two knives on the way through it. And I was just thinking, well, what the hell am I, I'm missing a step here. What am I doing wrong? Just not thinking straight. 
Um, and I ended up talking to, well, funny enough, it was Fingal. We talk, mentioned Fingal earlier. Um, yeah. And he explained, and I was like, oh, yeah, I've missed out that step. You know, what, what was I thinking? And everything went plain sailing from then. So as much as, mm. you know, generally most of us probably work alone in the shop, or we may have, you know, two or three sort of shop mates or whatever, um, sometimes you think if something goes wrong, that's, you know, the complete end of the world, and what the hell am I, there's no way out of this. But yeah, I mean, there's plenty of people out there who can help and will give advice. And sometimes just somebody to chat with and say, what am I doing wrong here? You know, is there any way I could do this better or someone? Most people are more than likely going to help you. Yeah. And then when dealing with your customers, they appreciate the fact that you, it's how you take care of your customers too. Hmm. Like I've had problems where something didn't go right. I was, I'm looking at these uh, six, I had to do it. I write a rehandle a knife four times because the wood was too bright and the epoxy was coming through and it was, it, it would look too, it just looked like shit. And I said to the guy every time, I'm like, I'm fucking pissed. I'm redoing this and I'm sorry, but I'm, I can't send this to you. And he and appreciated the fact that I cared that I was, that I was going to fix the situation. Uh, that's really what it comes down to. It's always how you deal with the failure. It's never about like, you, yeah. all right, so you made, you fucked up. All right, so on the next one, you're going to try not to fuck up. You know, and, and I think that it's <laughs> it's ultimately it's ultimately about how you kind of go about keep on going. There's an old AA expression, if you hit yourself in the head with a hammer and you keep doing it and you expect a different result, then that's the definition of insanity. And, and, and I think that that's true. If you can adapt to the problems, you can ultimately, you know, take them away. But it sucks. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Self-doubt's the worst. And I mean, you could, refer, you could reframe it, couldn't you? You couldn't say, you know, what have I done here that's failed? You could say, what have I done here I can learn from? And, you know, how can I prevent this from happening again? So you, you've learned something. So it's not a complete and utter write-off. You know what you did wrong and, you, you know, you try not to do that again. So that, you know, you could try and reframe it in your head, but that's just a way of thinking, I suppose. And whether you're that kind of person or not, it's, it's going to be different for everybody. And ultimately, it means that you care. Hmm. You care. That's, the, that's huge. If you, if you care and you decide, all right, well, I fucked this one up, it's because you care. And that yeah. is a giant, a giant positive. But it doesn't feel like a positive. <laughs> All right, deep dive. There you go. Woohoo! I hope Woo I don't shit myself. <laughs> I hope I don't shit myself. Not trusting a fart. That'll be a failure. Oh, Jesus. Or yeah. on this podcast, no it might not be that. a failure. If I poop myself in, the, in this podcast, I might not be a failure. <laughs> hey, man, can I ask you a question? All right. Oh, we got a phone call. Well, oh, all right. Hello? Good morning. Hi. This is Neil coming more on my question oh. is for my two favorite buddies in the whole world. How do you deal with crazy jingles and bad impressions so early in the morning? <laughs> no. Actually, uh, my real question is why the chef knife? Both of you guys, you know, I know you guys cook, and but why... Only focus on the chef knife. Is there a passion? Is there a love? Is there a deeper meaning to why only the chef knife? Have a good day. Okay. Did you get that? Yeah. Yeah, Did I didn't get the joke. He was oh. saying, how do you deal with the jingles in the morning? He's Bobo. Oh, ah. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah. He thinks there's only two of us in this podcast, too. 
I think All so, right. yes. <laughs> uh, faith, faithful listener. You're <coughs> my man. <laughs> so why chef knives? He's asking the, the two of you. Why chef knives? Oh, I, think it's, I think it's a question for all of us. <laughs> um, I mean, I know why. I, I, I do chef's knives because it's what I know. It's, I, mean, I mean, I have my background cooking in restaurants uh, as well as, you know, getting my start working for, uh, for Bob Kramer. Um, and, and realistically, like, I, I like, I like it as a tool. I mean, it's used to make food. I mean, <laughs> what better thing is there than that? And, um, and it, you know, I love, I love the, uh, kind of like the ethos of it bringing people together, you know, the idea of me- meals, bringing people together. And I, you know, I've had so many memories of work, like cooking in friends' kitchens or in my own kitchen with other friends around, you know, drinking a glass of wine or a beer and chopping some shit up and making some delicious food and sharing laughs and stuff. And that's all positive stuff to me. And I like the idea that I'm making tools that help create those kind of experiences for other people as well. Hmm. Couldn't even answer, couldn't even, couldn't even add to that perfect answer. I mean, look, oh, you're a cook and you like to make something that people can cook food with. It's great. Hmm. But I can't even, I couldn't possibly add to the perfect answer. There we go. There we go. There you go. I think from my point of view, not that anybody cares. I care. <laughs> well, he didn't, a- he didn't ask, didn't ask me. Did he? Didn't ask me. <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm not into hunting. You know, I, 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 it's not something I do. It's, it's, you know, I don't have, you know, a big sort of EDC collection. I don't carry a knife with me all day, every day. Um, but what I do, like like you guys, I cook and I love cooking. I mean, even going back to the UK last week, I was, you know, what could have been a holiday? I was cooking for everybody every day. And that's what I love to do. I love to feed people and bring people together. And, and then when deciding to make knives, I think it was the obvious choice, a, a chef knife and, you know, culinary knives, because that's what I use. That's what I love doing. And it's, yeah, pretty much the same answer as you guys, really. Well, I guess we know why all your family got sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was those shitty right. knives I had to use back <laughs> Red-handed, you fucker! You got red-handed! You got them all sick! You didn't wash your hands good enough! Uh, oh, we got to the phone call. <laughs> Hello? Hey guys, this is your friend Tomer from FKK in Barcelona. I don't really have a question, but I wanted to congratulate you on your 100th episode. You do a great job. I listen to it every week, and I learn something every time. And it keeps me entertained during work on Mondays. Um, I just want to thank you for your friendship, support, and advice over the years. And I'm looking forward to the next 100 episodes and hopefully getting together uh, a bit more often. Best of us. I think Tomo was in a wind tunnel then. So good dude. Yeah, a good dude. Yeah. Yeah, good dude, man. So no question from Tom. He just wanted to wish us um congratulations on our one (laughs) hundred episode. What a good dude. What a good dude. Love that. Oh jeez. Oh another one. (laughs) Hello. Hey gentlemen, this is Ashley Child. Uh AC. As all my homies like to call me. Uh what is your favorite part? about being a knife maker? Uh, is it the mentors who you've worked with and taught you, the start of the knife, the finishing of the, of the knife and its completion, and handing it over to the customer? 
Is it the money? Is it the food that it cuts? What about this craft makes you feel most alive? What about it fulfills your human purpose? Uh, time to dig deep. Uh, no shit. Thank you for uh, reaching out and um, congratulations on your 100th episode. Stoked to be a part. Wow. Peace. AC might be coming down to the shop in a couple weeks. Ah, yeah. She ah. might be coming down. That was definitely a new <clears throat> Patagonia gear for you, hopefully. <laughs> Excuse we'll me. We'll see. I wanted, to, I wanted to bring me down some of those, you know, speaking of uh, Ashley Childs, you know, she's got a, got a, she's going to have a nice deal with Patagonia. Hmm. You know, Patagonia, the company, started out by Yves Chonard. He was a blacksmith. He was making pitons ah. for uh, rock climbers and ice climbers. Yeah. So he had a little shop. Um, and he had a little giant power hammer, and he was making climbing gear. So you want to talk about one of the most innovative American, um, I don't know if he's American, but I'm going to just say he's American, he is, uh, blacksmiths sure, yeah. in the 20th century is Yves Chouinard. I mean, being able to figure out how to make pitons and climbing gear was pretty intense. He's got a really great nice. interview uh, he did with Guy Raz on uh, how I built this about how he started his I business. I love that podcast. It's, I've recently got into that. I love it. It's a great podcast. That episode is mm. very exceptional. I think it speaks a lot to kind of like my. He talks about his philosophy around Patagonia, and it it really put words to how I feel about my knife making. Um, but it's a really good one. So if you guys go check it out, check it out. But to get back to Ashley's question, uh, what do you guys think? What 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 is it about knife making? that you love that keeps you going what what is it deep down hmm. um i think for me it's it's been able to firstly be my own boss do my own thing be creative in a way where i'm not attached to a screen all day um because that was my sort of previous life where yeah i could be creative but it was just always just sitting in front of a screen so i just love the fact that i create something from real things real things you know so you know, atoms instead of bites, things that you can hold and use. Um, and again, it goes back to that, you know, my love of cooking, which is why I wanted to be culinary knives. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's, it is that sort of freedom to, to do as I please, basically. I like that. Sounds pretty good. It sounds good. Think, sounds good. <laughs> what do you think, Baracco? Yeah. No, it sounds great. Yeah, no, I've, I've always had kind of a, a creative been i used to do a lot of illustrating and drawing when i was younger and then i got into woodworking uh in like middle school and high school and i've i've just always loved working with my hand and and, and knife making has really been a an awesome at, uh, outlet for me to express kind of like that level of creativity uh, especially when it comes to like developing my patterns and stuff like for my damascus um I think another part of it, big part of it is the community. It's, you know, it's, it's meeting all, all kinds of great people from all kinds of backgrounds. You know, it's people like you guys. It's like meeting Ashley Childs in at Blade Show in uh, Portland. I mean, and, and Steve Schwarzer and just all, everybody that's become some of the, some of my closest friends are from this community. And, and it's, and uh, I think that really, that really drives me to keep, doing this work and to and to keep keep growing this community of friends and, and being able to help people also at the same time i think doing this knife making uh you know it's the first time i've ever had something that i've excelled at in such a way that 
what I do is can actually be uh, helpful to other people. I can I can provide actionable advice in a meaningful way that helps change the experience for others. So well, that's a good answer too. God damn, you guys both had very you guys are very clear and have very good uh, things to say. <laughs> for me. It, I, when I was just doing sculpture, I loved making sculpture. I loved, uh, I loved the the physical aspects of it. But what I like about what I love about knife making is the discipline. For me, this has been about having an idea, um, designing it, and then using techniques and discipline to see it through. And for me, with my my mind is all over the place all the time. This is kind of one of those things. It's very very disciplined. And same thing with blacksmithing and and being able to kind of envision something and see it through to the end with discipline and technique and, you know, making little changes here and there makes me feel like I'm not, I'm not human garbage. Mm, That's it. That's it. It makes me feel like, it makes me feel like, you know, I have control over the ass of some aspects of my life. Sure. And that allows me to feel more, uh, responsible. There we go. Shall we go to some listener questions? Yes. Okay. You take it away, Jeff. All right. Here we go. This comes from KLB. Oh, oh stop, geez. Jeff. The phone's ringing. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Hi, this is Fingal Ferguson. Hello to the three musketeers of the Knife Talk podcast. Congrats on hitting the milestone of 100 episodes. I love the podcast and I want to thank you for making Mondays great again. I hope you had a great Halloween. I'm sending the love from Ireland. Yeah, well, take care. Thank you. Bye. Wow. Fingal can take the shit this time for saying make Mondays great again because I took some shit for putting up that hat of as, we'll make as Mondays oh great God, again. As you kind should. Of as you should. As you should. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> what a top guy Fingal is. I've got to say yeah. that this week, um, I've had some bad luck and so on. And a couple of weeks ago, I did this thing with Fingal where I sent him a few of my blades and some handle material so he could use that and he wanted to finish them up. Anyway, this week, I arrived back to France to find a big parcel waiting for me. It was full of, um, so for those who don't know, Fingal owns a huge, a big family farm um, back in Southern Ireland uh, called Gabine. Um, and it's world famous for its produce. So it's cheeses, it's sort of charcuterie, that kind of stuff. Um, and he sent me this big box and it was like half a dozen of his cheeses, different Ugh, cheeses, his so, smoked salamis, his, <laughs> his, his cooking chorizos. Um, but also this book called Gabine. Um, which I think his mother wrote, which is all about their farm and the history oh, of the wow. farm. Huh. It's a beautiful, beautiful book, but it also sure. has a few of their recipes in there and their sort of farming practices. It's the most beautiful thing ever. And I just fell in love with this whole family reading this book. It's it's incredible. So so if you get a chance, it's called Gubbin, um, G-U-B-B-E-E-N, which is the name of the farm. But I'm pretty sure you'll probably be able to get the book on Amazon or so-and-so. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. And Fingal does this little bit, bit about knives as well. It's just a, such a heartwarming, beautiful book. Yeah, and incredible. I think a beautiful, beautiful man. So thank you so much, Fingal. It really cheered me up. I'm going to get one today. I'm going to order one when we get home. Love it. Mm. It's what, incredible. What a good dude. Good dude. How is his audio so much clearer than everybody else's? Yeah. What kind of magic is he the using? Is is Irish? He's Irish. <laughs> yeah, you know what they're doing. The Irish know what they're doing. Well, he's right. He's right on the Atlantic there, so he's probably got one of his own copper pipes for the internet going straight across under the Atlantic. I imagine Fingal's own pipe. Go. Who knows? <laughs> All right. 
Thank you, Fingal. Shall we take some listener questions, Jeff? I mean, you, okay, let's go. Hear this one. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> oh, God damn it. KLB uh, was never going to get his question asked. All shit. right. Well, that was a good one. You had me there. God damn it. All right. So this one comes from KLB Gant. KLB. All right. Hey, you sexy beast. Can I ask you a question? What do you think about the super glue finish on handles? It seems to work pretty well, but I figured I'd ask before I bought buckets of super glue. Thanks. Have you guys ever done that super glue coat? Mm, I've done it on um, like hybrid scales and stuff where sometimes you get, you know, those little sort of voids and so on. But I've, n- I've never done a complete coating. Um, I, I don't know whether it would sort of go white over time. I don't know. But I've only used it for those little tiny sort of almost like little cracks and voids, really. I saw Will Stelter doing it once and I don't, I don't, it scares the shit out of me. I've mm. never, I've never done that. Have you, Mareko? Do you know about I, it? I tried it once. I've known about it. It's a huge pain in the fucking ass to do. And <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's and to me, it is not worth it. Because ultimately it does deteriorate over time because yeah. it's it's glue. It's it's not a surface finish, it's glue. And um it looks great and it probably looks great for a while, but not for the whole life of that thing. And there are, <clears throat> you know, as you were talking about before, trying to maybe move into using techniques that like lure makers use um, t- for handle finishing. You know, there are all kinds of great products out there that are designed to be surface coats, to be surface finishes. Um, and they're designed to be handled um, and and more, make things more impact resistant but the problem with different kind of uh, adhesives as is that they kind of deteriorate when they're exposed to hand like oils especially hand oils if not also food oils because of the chef's knives and so uh i would try to if you're going to do finish coats use something that's meant to be exposed to the repeated contact with hand oils or food oils or anything like that um and it also, it kind of like, it shrinks or, yeah, it, it re- reacts funny to light. So, like Craig was saying, um, you know, depending on the super glue you're using, it could do some funkiness, funky stuff to your handle. So, I would avoid it. I've avoided it. There you go. <laughs> mm. So, why do people use it? Is it because it just finishes so nicely and buffs up nicely for well, the shine? Well, yeah, if you spend a week doing it... <laughs> um, mm. And it, and basically, so the the premise of it is that you build up coats. So you douse your handle material, whatever you're doing. Sometimes people, I've seen people do sheaths and stuff like that in super glue. You douse it, you let it set up, and then you go back and sand it back to create a smooth finish. And then and then you go back and you add another and you add another and you keep doing that until you build up enough layers uh, that it's all a consistent kind of thickness of finish uh, and it's all smooth but it takes forever and it's a huge pain in the ass and i don't even know if it's really worth it so um good luck to you god bless you if you try it um but i've yeah i don't know i do like super, i like super glue but not for that <laughs> yeah I, use- I have i did learn a trick that i learned from watching nick wheeler where he was fixing he was fixing a hole well or like a little uh with wood 
and sure. he actually used super glue and ground up of the same wood. Yeah. And he kind of mixed it together like a slurry to create like a like, like a, a paste, like a putty, like a matching, yeah, like a matching putty because you're using the same material. And I've done that before. Absolutely. And that works pretty good. Yeah, I've done that but too. But other than that, other than that, I don't, I'm out. That's a great face. Yeah. yeah. All right. Boom. Onward. This next Stop one, sorry. Knives. <laughs> sorry. You want to take on, it? <laughs> I'm sorry. Cool. I was sleeping. Yahoo! Yahoo! Um, this next one is from Stark Knives. I was listening to the last episode, and you mentioned doing serrations. I was curious, how thin do you grind a blade before adding serrations? Do you grind the edge down to the thinness you would normally do for a kitchen knife, or do you leave the edge thicker before adding them in? Thanks, and keep up the awesome work on the podcast. I enjoy every episode, Ben. Well, Ben, what do you guys say? You guys have been doing more of those than I have. Well, I learned the serrations when you came into the shop and you showed me how you do them, and and I've made some little changes based on what I have and stuff like that, and what I do now, and now... My offset serrated knife, I fucking love my offset serrated knife. And um, um, what I do is I grind to the finish as if it was going to be a regular knife that was going to sharpen. Yeah. Mm. And then when I put the serrations in, I put them in at an angle. I don't put them in directly sure. like saw teeth. I put them in at an angle. You only need a little bit of serration. So you're okay. creating these scallops. And I go super, super slow on, the th- on a half inch uh, contact wheel. And I space them all out. I've gotten to the point now, and thanks to you, Marek, because the first time I ever did a serrated knife, I was drilling holes and using countersinks, and it was a whole production. Sure. This way is so much faster and so much easier, but I go down to right before I'm about to sharpen it, and you're going super slow, but you're making the serrations at an angle. You're not going straight, you know, directly on. You're trying to accentuate. You're making more uh, sharp edges. You're not. Yeah. You're not just making saw teeth. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like I when I when I did it at your shop, I was I I was shooting for probably around thirty degree angle or a forty degree something like that. Yeah. Because you know, mm-hmm. it, sometimes that bread can be pretty tough, and you want it. You mm-hmm. want your uh, your blade material to be able to handle that, and by by grinding at a, a kind of a, a a more blunt angle than you would a chef's knife um, that helps lend more yeah, of that kind of strength. I think you're right about that. To the geometry. I'm going at a, a at a very at a very. But if you're very thin, if your if your blade is very thin, you don't have to go in very far. Right, right. You're just looking for you're just looking for enough to create these kind of different uh, edges. So when you're cutting, you know it's all sharp. It's not just the teeth; right. it's the inside too. So Absolutely. you're creating edges on the inside. So and you're only doing it on one side. So when you're done, what you should have is you should have burr on the side that you didn't cut the serrations on. Sure. So that's where all the burr is, and then you hand sand all that burr off, and then you have sharpened edges on not just on the tips, but on the insides the of the scallops too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, pretty much the same with me. So, yeah, I'll take it straight down as if it's a finished knife. So it's generally the shape is going to be almost like a carving knife. Um, so it'll be finished off almost as a carving knife. But then, yeah, just add those scallops um, and you're away. Sounds easy, eh? 
Just uh, like that. You gotta do. Yeah. It's nice to. You know what I will say is I, I like to do. I I usually do a couple practice runs. Mm. Like I'll have a piece, a couple pieces of steel that I'll mark, and and like I do. What I do is I mark out. Like if I have a half inch wheel, I think I'm making a half inch marks the whole way, and then I put my knife on the slowest setting because it's super thin. So I don't need to you know cut through, and I'm usually starting off with like two twenty, uh, two twenty belt. I'm going super slow, and um, I usually practice on an, on another piece of steel, especially if I haven't done it in a while. Yeah. So I'll get a piece of even even you know uh, regular some bullshit steel, and then I'll make my marks, and then I'll see how I feel, and and I get a chair, and I and I do it real slow, and no, and it uh, practice. I don't just like start you know running through the shop, you know putting serrations on knives all red of i can't yeah. get myself squared away you like it's like stretching and i'd say try and do it in one pass as well so you get your rhythm because trying to get back in and, and get into the same sort of grooves that you previously made is, is a lot harder than oh. just a normal beveled knife but it's but you it's good to if you can if you can drop down on your on your grits then you get a better you get a thinner i mean I, i'm dropping down for 200 to 400 800 uh-huh. And then, wow. I, and then, yeah. You, as if it's going very slow, I usually don't have a big problem. Sure. And I'm being very, you know. And then I'm, and I think I learned, that, I learned this from you, Mareko. My, my, if I'm sitting by the grinder on the, on a with the wheel, I actually have my left hand against the side of the platen, against the whatever's holding the wheel. Sure. And then I'm using, and I'm just like balancing myself against. My myself, I'm like in a good position. It's almost like when you're welding, you want to be in a comfortable position. If you can find yourself in a good position where you're you're not like waving it around and you're you're very sp- specific, you'll it'll become much faster and easier. Yeah, you're anchoring your hand exactly. on something stable. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks to you. Thanks to you. <laughs> okay, so we've got another one. Let's 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 just do one more before we move on because we've got we've got oh. a few different things to do today. So oh. the next one is from J Lee underscore Custom Knives, and he said this: the celebrity chef wants me to not only make him a free knife, but also pay him fifteen hundred dollars <laughs> to use it as a competition. Oh, and pay to get a patch made for his jacket, like a race car driver would wear. Um, so as a very small business owner, how can I most effectively tell this guy and the folks like him to fuck off? <laughs> Culture living, living good has some nerve. Culture, you have some nerve hitting this poor guy up for all that money, Coulter. That's um, an outrage. An outrage. <laughs> Seriously. Now fuck that guy. This, fuck this, this guy. This chef generally thinks that would happen? Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I, these guys, these guys have lost. Some of these guys have lost their minds. There, I know plenty of celebrity chefs who does do who say to me, "I'm going to be on, you know, whatever Food Network show, and people are going to be buying this knife. You, if you, if you let me have it." The answer is always they won't because it's not like Food Network is going to put your name up with an address. Mm. These motherfuckers are are scurrilous. They're scurrilous, and they're 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 just they're ugh, makes me so mad. How can you tell him without hurting his feelings? Here's what you do: you say, uh, "I have a message from Knife Talk Podcast. They wanted me to tell you to fuck off." <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's 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 infuriating. The whole I'm gonna make I'm gonna sell knives for you because I have all this. It's garbage, and you pay it's him garbage. too. You pay him too to do that. Yeah, crazy. God damn you, Jay Lee Custom Knives. I want you to out this guy. No, don't out this guy. Don't out this guy. I'm sure I know him, too. I know a couple of those motherfuckers that are just like, you know, 
if you give me this and you give me a little bit of money, maybe I'll, ah, you'll fuck yourself. Well, and what's crazy to think about it, like, I could see a larger manufacturer, like commercial manufacturer being able to be like, oh yeah, we have that in our marketing budget. They have marketing budgets. You know, he's reaching out to a small custom knife making guy, like anybody, like even Neil with his four, like almost 500,000 followers, you know, he's still a one man show. And to ask somebody for a knife and then to ask them to pay on top of that is ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous. When you're in your shop, you have to realize the meter is running. Yeah. The meter's running when you're in your shop. And if, 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 it, if it works for you, I, you know, usually when I'm doing a, a chef series knife, we'll give the chef a knife. When my friend Carl Ruiz, who passed away, he sold a pile of knives. If he needed a couple extra knives, I gave him a couple extra knives. No questions asked. And I mean, he sold a lot beforehand. And usually that's how, you know, when the meter's running, mm. these guys, you know, you have to really make decisions in regards to what's going to work. I know that a lot of magazines do it. I know that a lot of people make these little, well, if you give me this, maybe you have to weigh your options. If a magazine says, give me a knife and I'll push you in a magazine, you might want to weigh the option. But if a guy wants you to wear a, his gut, you're not. This isn't like a bass pro. Sh- this isn't a bass fishing tournament <laughs> where you're going to you're not selling motors, you know, and this guy should be, you know, kissing your ass for a knife, not yeah. telling you to kiss his ass. So. Yeah, I I have no I have nothing to say other than scum guys, <laughs> scurrilous scum. Look, before we move on, I've just looked through our questions that we've got on our list here. There's another good one. So I just want to jump into that one as well. So it's from ha- well, Kyle Heath or Kyle Keith, as he calls himself on Instagram. When hiring help, do you have any interview questions that can help gauge a person's common sense or problem solving abilities? No. That's a good question. I like that one. I don't know. That's definitely for Jeff. You, you're the one that's been hiring. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what I don't want to hear. Hmm. I don't want to hear, I really love knives. <laughs> <laughs> I got guys who come into the shop and say, You got the job. Re- you love I, knives. You got the job. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, 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 I'm, I'm hiring a pencil sharpener. I need to sharpen pencils. Don't tell me. I get guys, oh, I really love knives. I don't care. Yeah, I see this shop as a metal shop. Like, if I was doing railings, if I was doing anything other than knives, this is a, a metal shop. It's different. It's being like in a kitchen. You don't go into the chef and say, I love watching the Food Network. You know, <laughs> I, I think it's very important to say, you know, the kind of people that you want to hire, they have to understand that it's not, it's not exciting all the time. There's a lot of stuff here. Like, you know, I usually I'll get somebody to start. the, the In the beginning, a lot of times, hand sanding is the only thing I can get someone on that they can do without me worrying about something being fucked up or get fucked up. Um, but it's one of those things that you need to be able to be someone to be able to be work hard, appreciate the concept of seeing a project through and being on time and not giving you some stories. That's mm-hmm. another thing. And this is a metal shop thing. The metal guys... Oh, I can't come in. I got about a, I got a blah, blah, blah. I go blah, blah, blah. You need a little consistency and you need someone. I don't think that people need to have metal worker. I don't think people have to have knife makers in your shop to, for, as employees. I think you just need someone who has a little bit of 
you know, interest in kind of like working hard. I've had chefs come in and like, I want to work for you. I want to be your, you know, they come in for a day and then all of a sudden you don't hear from them again. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, I think it's really important to find someone who's eager to learn and to understand that this isn't, you know, for everybody. Yeah. Shout out to Kyle Heath. He, uh, when I made my, uh, my, my watch caps, he did the Photoshop. He did the Photoshop of uh, my logo on the Jack Nicholson from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So thank you, Kyle. <laughs> that was really that was that was super cool. We've had some really nice sort of uh, memes made recently, um, whether it's about the show or Jeff's hats or whatever like that. They're good, good fun. Mm. I like them. Yeah. So let's talk about another sponsor. So um, t- Texas Farrier Supply. They are they carry farrier goods. Um, so if you're a farrier, you can get all your goods from them. But they also do a lot of great knife making stuff, and they've got a knife making section on their website now, where they they've got everything you need, everything you need as a knife maker to, to start or you know to further your career, whatever it is, they've got it all, but- including epoxy dyes. Everyone asks me, where do you get epoxy dyes? They are carrying dyes for epoxy if you're doing firework and you want to color the epoxy. Oh, there we go. There we go. They also do Rhino Wet. And we're all big fans of Rhino Wet, made by Indasa USA. Um, but what you can do with Texas Fire Supply, you can get 10% off your order. So that's not just for their Rhino Wet, but for anything that they do um, by using the uh, promo code KNIFETALK10. So head on over to TexasFarriersupply.com. Just have a look what they've got. Because they've got some unusual stuff that you don't normally see at normal suppliers as well. So it's worth spending half an hour on their website just to see what they've got. And remember, use Knife Talk 10 for a 10% discount. So, are we ready for something a little bit different? Yes. Now, we've done these before. So it's time for another... It's another quiz. These were fun so last funny. time. I enjoyed doing these. So this <laughs> so time, I, I'm just going to pit you two guys against each other. So do you oh. have some sort of buzzer? Uh, yes. Okay. What, what was that? Was that Jeff, oh, I, uh, was that Jeff no, shitting that, himself that was, then? <laughs> <laughs> that was my gurgling stomach. <laughs> okay, well, so this is, uh, Morocco, you do yours again. Sorry. Okay. Let's, uh, let's see. I'll do this one. How's that? Okay. Doorbell for Morocco. Okay. And what have you got, Jeff? <laughs> Some sort Stun, of gun. Stun, Stun gun. Stun gun. Sounds okay. like a vibrator. Okay. It does. Um, <laughs> 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 no, it doesn't. Come on, man. I mean, I, not that I know. Not that I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I gotta... <laughs> you, you I gotta be careful. It does not sound like a vibrator. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe it does. Oh, who knows? There you go. Let's so go. I'm going to keep this simple. It's it's ten, <laughs> ten questions. Oh, ten. First, All right. first to buzz in with the correct answer gets a point. If you buzz in and give the cor- the wrong answer, you get a negative point. You get a minus oh. point. Right. So you both start on zero. Jeopardy style. Are we right. ready for the first question? Go ahead. Go ahead. Hello, Jeff and Mareko. It's your favorite stooge from Kentucky. Here's oh. my question for you. What is the little dot called... Over the lowercase i and lowercase j. <sighs> I knew it. You know what I heard about it recently? No, I knew it when I used to know it, and now I forgot. Morocco, anything there? I, I have nothing. God damn it. You have nothing. Okay. It's called it? a it's tittle. A, 
but don't try to put that into your iPhone because autocorrect will mess that up. <laughs> it's a tittle. Nice. Apparently. All right. I failed almost every English class I ever took. All right. Well, that was a tough one. I mean, I don't even. I, that, I thought I knew. I knew that an entero bang is a, a question mark and an exclamation point, but that's mm. about it. That's all I know. A tittle. So yeah, that was Jarrod from Boot Hill it, Blades, by the way. Plus, if didn't plus, know. plus. Jared didn't know that either. He had to come up with that one. Let's just be honest. The Kentucky Stooge isn't the Kentucky Stooge for a, it's for a reason. He didn't know that. You looked on the internet for that one. Go ahead. So you're still not off the mark yet. Zero, zero. Next question. Chickens. Two chickens. Talking about chickens. The longest recorded flight of a chicken is within two seconds either way. Who's going to take a guess? What do you mean within two seconds in either way? The longest Wait, recorded is- flight of a chicken. I'll give you two seconds. Like... Either way, <laughs> what is fucking I mean, What kind of questions? How long do they fly, or how long in the air, or f- oh, like measurements? Can you, can you imagine this as a quiz on TV? Where you two <laughs> like question and they so, <laughs> so far two terrible questions. The longest, what do you mean? How long? The longest recorded flight of a chicken in seconds, and I'll give you two right. seconds either way. I'm gonna say twenty-five seconds. Uh, uh, minus one for Jeff. Mareka, would you like to take an answer or not? Sure. Uh, I'll try two minutes. Oh, nowhere near. <laughs> nowhere near. Minus one for Mareko too. It's 13.5 seconds. That's all. Mm. That is all. Right. Some, some, these questions well, suck. There so we are. So we're <laughs> both at negative one now. Zero, yeah, zero. No, we're negative five. We're... <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Come on, baby. Let's go. Next question. Ready? Fastest fingers yeah, first. What are my kids called? Molly, Molly, and Daisy. Correct. That's a wonderful record. You're on zero. Uncle Jeff just shit the bed. (laughs) I almost shit the car. I was thinking so hard, I almost shit the car. (laughs) My stomach's still gurgling. (laughs) So, minus one to Jeff, zero to Mareko. We're on question number four. Who was the first ever guest on Knife Talk? Walter Sorrells. Correct. Jeff was straight in there. So you're both on zero. There we go. It's getting close. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) Next question. What's up, KTP? JSK and the motherfucking Hizzy. Jesus Christ. Hizzy means house, Jeff. That's what the kids say these days. Here's my quiz question. As we all know, the hot forging of metals all began in the land of Mesopotamia. But what was the very first recorded metal forged in fire and employed by human hands? I'm going to say copper. Ooh, you're back to minus one. Damn. Would you like an answer, Jeff? I'll say bronze. Oh, I bet it was like tin or some stupid. Shit I know like the that. last. Oh. I know the last piece of steel that was forged by modern man was done by fucking JSK. Josh <laughs> Scott is the last guy to forge a piece of metal. That's for sure. So you googly eyed fuck. That's what you get. <laughs> Do you want the answer? Josh has got the yeah. answer for us. Here we go. <clears throat> the answer: gold, bitches, gold. gold. Oh my god. Gold. You're both on he's negative a, one. He's such god. a goofball. Go ahead. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> 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 All right. 
Uh, Why did I say bronze? I'm so stupid. That's a stupid thing to say. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Question seven. Which malformation did Marilyn Monroe have when she was born? Oh, she Ooh. had a tail. No, that's minus two. <laughs> minus well, two. I mean, what, what, not to, I thought it was those little tails. I have no idea. No, I got, got tailbone, I think, but no, no. Would you like a guess, Morocco? No. Okay, yes. Ooh, I'm trying to safely stay in the negative one. No, you're smart. No, he's smart. He's smart. He's doing it right. He's playing it right. What's the answer? Six toes. He had six toes on the uh, left foot, apparently. That was going to be my Gross. guess. Extra toe. Yeah. It was? Yeah. Gross. Some sort of lizard foot. Jeez. Yeah. Number eight. How many time zones are there in the world? Oh, Jesus. Jesus Christ. It's quite logical when you work it out. Oh, is it logical? Oh, is there chicken, 20, chicken flight? Is there 24? Chi- <laughs> That's minus point for Morocco. Oh, I'm staying away from it. this one, man. I can barely tell you how many of the time zones are on this goddamn... I don't know wh- what time zones we're all on it now. So how would I be able to yeah. tell how many time zones are on the world? We are on three different time zones now. Uh, Morocco was right, but he didn't buzz in, unfortunately. Oh, wait. Get to give it to him. You got it right. Really? Do you think? Yes. Of course you give it to him. You got it right. You got it right. He didn't buzz in. He took a guess. Give him to him. You're on zero. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Number nine. This is still to play for, Jeff. If you get these two, you can still draw on the last two questions. All right. You both know the answer to this, so this really is quickest for you. That's what we think. We think. What is the largest city in... Oh, Jesus Christmas. Canada. <laughs> Are you crazy? These questions. I, 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 Do you not know? <laughs> did, you two, I know? did you two go to school or not? Jesus. I mean, uh, I mean seriously. <laughs> we're, we're very U.S.-centric in the United States. I mean, yeah. okay, I'll take a guess. I'll take a guess. Quebec. No. Ah. So. All right, I'm going to take a guess, too. Okay. I'm going to say Vancouver. No. All right, well, there you go. Toronto. All right, boom. Mm. There you go. Toronto. Sorry, sorry, Canada. We've got one question left. Um, at the moment, rough. Jeff is on minus three and Morocco yeah, is on girl. minus one. <laughs> so Fucking good. You need That's miracle, the way Jeff. we do these quizzes, goddamn you. That's the way we do them. Go you ahead. ready for the last question? Of course. <laughs> hey, fellas. Steve Pellegrino here. A hearty congratulations on 100 episodes. As we say here in Philly, I got a question for yous. What is the dot over a lowercase letter I called? What Cheers to 100 fuck? more. He's going to do the same thing as Jared said? And it, he said a tittle. Is well it a tittle? Well done. Well done. Jesus Christ. <laughs> These questions, man. Holy mackerel. Do you know the weirdest thing? So I sent a bunch of people, um, just said, you sent a question for the quiz. Um, within five minutes, both Jared and Steve come back with the same question. Are you kidding me? Yeah. They must have just got straight on Google and asked for quiz yeah, questions. Yeah, straight on. That's right. right. That's right, because neither one of them knew the answer. That's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm going for. I'm neither one of them with peace and love, peace and love. Neither one of you do that shit. <laughs> there you go. So a tittle. We learned something Or new they just day. wanted to say tittle. They just wanted to say tittle. Probably. That's the, other, the only other thing I can Probably, think of. Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, so does that mean I, I finally took one? You've taken one. Congratulations. This is nothing to be proud of, either of you. So the winner with minus one point is Morocco. Yeah, baby! Minus two for Jeff. Woo-hoo! I think that's... You know what? 
I, congratulations, Hardy. Congratulations to you. Uh, these, some of these questions, man. Holy mackerel. Do you think we need to bring the quiz back each week? I love the quiz. <laughs> I love the quiz. It gets difficult getting questions. But anyway, that was this week's quiz. Hey, you. You know what you should do? This is the part of the episode uh, where we get all kind of, well, what is it? I think it's it's a, a mix of tips and maybe some gripes about people giving bad advice. But well, I guess we'll see as, as we read through these. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll kick, kick it off here with Dave Irving, uh, Evader Knives. Uh, he says, rubbing alcohol works great for cleaning up epoxy. I use acetone too, but from for hands and everything, 90% of uh sorry for hands and everything 90 percent rubbing alcohol uh also cleans off layout ink i've got a tip here we yeah. should delete the ones we've already done because we've already done these two tips oh is <laughs> it <Have> we <laughs> i, I think so no no we haven't done these really no okay. i don't we've done these okay uh, but i'd like to add a tip that i i figured out i finished these uh 50 uh bandito knives uh the congratulations and I, it was a big deal. I, I'm psyched about it. But I tell you what I learned, and this was based off of, um, I have a problem sometimes. I hate on um, when I'm using J-Flex belts. Uh, you know, the J-Flex belts are the ones that are very, very uh, 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 thin. They're thin, you know, thin usually like the thinner, yeah. thinning back and tape. And then yep. sometimes if I'm using a, um, on a platen, the, the tape will make you chatter a little bit it'll make you jump it'll make whatever mm. you're holding jump up a little bit and you get chattering yeah so what i did was i took a piece of green scotch bright not th- not a belt but green scotch scotch bright that you get in like the cleaning aisle and then i used a p- painter's tape and i put a strip of um i taped a piece of scotch bright onto the platen and it stopped the chattering but then it also because i had all this you know like this backing that just like give a little bit of give i created a kind of a fake and this isn't new i didn't create this like i'm a genius or anything like that but it, it was like it helped me actually uh when i was sanding all the not the handles and it kind of gave the same effect as a rotary platen yeah because it allowed the j flex belts which have a lot of give you know you're your bigger weight belts are not going to have a lot of give uh, on the rounding, but I was able to do it a hundred times faster to the point where all my uh, all my uh, my handles for all the banditos I didn't have to hand sand the handles at all. Like I used a slack belt for the underside, nice. and then I used this padded uh, this padded platen. It changed the way I'm going to be doing the handles, and it cut down a pile of time. So if you can just tape on a little bit of Scotch Bright with some blue painter's tape, and then you run your belts very slow with um, the 400 grit or 200 grit or 400 grit, 800 grit, you will be able to take out all your hand your your marks, and you won't get any chattering, and you won't get any hard mark, you won't get any hard um, you know facets for them for the most part, sure. because it'll contour a little bit. Great, nice. That was huge. That was huge. <clears throat> Saved me a pile of time. Pile of time. Tip of the week. Shall yeah. we answer Dave's question then? Because I, I thought that we already answered it, but maybe not. So he said rubbing rub alcohol. Sorry, it's not a question. It's a tip, isn't it? It's not a question. Rubbing alcohol yeah. works great for cleaning up epoxy. <laughs> we did talk about this because you mentioned about Toma using WD-40. Oh, to, well, to then my bad. 
Yeah. Well, we'll give it again. There you I go. There sorry, about, sorry about that. <laughs> so we got another one. Hopefully we haven't done this one before by CB underscore custom underscore knives. I've got a tip for you guys. When doing your dry fit uh, before glue up, rub some wax on the blade and transition section of the scales to keep them from having epoxy stuck to the areas that are almost impossible to clean up afterwards. Yep. And he says, be sure not to get any under the scales. For sure. I actually did that on this uh, this uh, Smith and Bard small batch. Uh, I I made sure the blades were waxed and um, kind of the transition area had uh, was clear and and had some wax on it. And afterwards, glean up. It was a mess, but because that wax was on there, uh, the the glue or the epoxy hardened, but it didn't adhere to the surface, and it just Chips like fl- flip flaked right off. Yeah. Yeah. Was, wow. Yeah. So you 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 do it you do it on the would you do it on the the on the bolster too? Put the wax on the bolster too? Yeah. So you of the scales? Yeah, at the front. Um and like he said though, you want to be careful not to get it on the underside of the scale cuz obviously then that right. that's a portion of, that won't get glued up. But uh if you can either mask it off or kind of wax the the top of the bolster and then and then wipe off the bottom side of the scale or even just like a little hand sanding again, um, uh, that will, that will take off any wax and, um, and make it clean. And, but yeah, it just, yeah, it just peeled right off the front and just flicked right off the front of the bolster and off the blade. Yeah. It was a huge mess. I had, I had some people ask me like, how are you going to clean that up? And, uh, it just came right off. So that's how I clean. That's it up. when you get the, that's when you get the messages. I got, I used to get messages. Cause I do that too. I, l- I let that shit go all over the place. And that uh, some guy said to me, "You got too much. You're using too much epoxy. Don't use so much of top epoxy." <laughs> right, I had to say, "Hey, man, don't worry about me. You worry about you." Yeah, <laughs> we'll get it sorted. That was a good tip. Real good tip. Community showcase. All right, this is where we give a little bit of love to somebody out there who we think that is important that you should be following. Was inspirational. It doesn't really matter. Somebody who is a good follow on Instagram. That's what we do, the community showcase. Craig, what do you got, my buddy? I'm going to flip this one because, you know, this is our 100th episode. <laughs> so I thought it'd be a good, in- good time to reintroduce ourselves a bit. So, I mean, over, over the 100 episodes, we, we've had, you know, we have close to sort of 50,000 listeners per episode now. Um, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of these haven't listened, you know, from episode one, and they, you know, they weren't here when we introduced you guys when you joined the show and that kind of thing. So it's a good, it's a good time to just introduce ourselves again. So the three of us will do it. We'll give our own little pitch, I suppose. So I'll start with myself. Um, it's Craig Lockwood. I'm of Chop Knives. Um, I'm a Brit, but I now live in in France. Um, where I make uh, mainly stock removal, well, only stock remo- removal blades, um, all culinary blades. Um, and I sort of started sort of specialising a bit, really, of doing t- sort of table knives for restaurants. That's been the sort of my main trade over the past, the past sort of six months. But been making knives for sort of four, five, maybe even six years now. And that's me. So I'm Chop Knives on Instagram. Um, don't go following my personal account because it's just rubbish. There's nothing there. Go follow Chop Knives and um, it'd be good to good to meet you digitally. Jeffrey, would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Jeff Fader, and nobody cares. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Fader Knives, I'm on this show. I'm on, uh, my the company's name is Fader Knives. I'm in Hudson Valley, New York, and um, I'm making it, trying to make it happen. That's it. 
What else you want me to say? There's actually an episode where I introduce Jeff. Introduce Jeff. So there, uh, there's a lot. You know. Can I tell you that when when you uh, you know the only the way I met you was because Jesse Savage had sent me your your podcast. You should listen to the podcast, and I listened to it was you and you and Walter Sorrells and Alex Steele, and I sent you a message saying I really liked your podcast, and you immediately say, "Hey, you want to be on the podcast?" And I made the concerted effort because I'd been on a pod. I you did I used to do a podcast with my buddy Nico years ago. I made this concerted effort when I go on other people's podcasts that I'm either going to try to get myself kicked off or I'm going to get invited back. And there's a very fine line between being invited back and be kicked off. And I would totally add this real issue. Like, you got to say something crazy because otherwise they're going to kick you off or they're going to bring you back. And, you know, so brought you back. Yeah. Well, you know, but I've been kicked off a few podcasts. I've been definitely asked not to come back from the podcast. <laughs> oh, right. Not, not mid-podcast. They haven't just Some, put the phone down on you. I, I kind of wish they had. It would have been so much more interesting. But there have been a couple of flea bags I've been on that I have not been asked back. That's for sure. <laughs> Marekko, tell the world about yourself. Uh, my name is Marekko Malmasi. I make knives. I like knives. I like cooking knives. You got, you got the job. You got the job. No, uh, I'm a custom knife maker based out of uh, Olympia, Washington. I've been making knives for going on 10 years now. Uh, I specialize in culinary knives, forged integral, Damascus, chef's knives, and, um, and I like long walks on the beach and um, oh, geez. warm oh, eggnog. Please. Warm eggnog, warm <laughs> fucking eggnog, Ugh. warm eggnog. How's that ass bubbling now, stomach, now, Jeff? Oh Jeez. my god, I'm literally about to shit my pants. <laughs> warm fucking eggnog. Oh my god. Anything else? Some curdled milk afterwards? Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, <laughs> no cement mixer shots for me. Oh boy. Right there, oh, Morocco. Okay. Who have you got for your community showcase? Okay, my community showcase is uh, the fellas over at Bloodroot Blades. I can't remember if I've done them before or not, but uh, they definitely don't need the help. They've they've been uh, featured in a lot of places. They're super talented guys, but I just want to give them a shout out um, as they are not necessarily very active on Instagram and social media, but they they're very good guys. They're super talented. I've admired their work. Uh, since before I actually started Malmasi Fire Arts, um, they do a lot of work with uh, repurposed material, reclaimed materials, uh, like 100% reclaim. And um, and I, they're just really nice guys. I first met them at Blaze Show a few years back. But the reason I really want to give them a shout out is because they, uh, they were very helpful with... Um, with with doing this whole sale that I just did with this with the Smith and Bard knives, and um, the way the way we did it was a lottery style, which is how how they do their things, and it was very helpful to talk to them, and um, and if you don't know them, go check them out. They're super talented. They have really nice aesthetic. They do they do really great work, and um, and they're great guys. And I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing them in Atlanta uh, this come this next year at Blade. Cool. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to a good buddy of mine I've known for a long time. His name is Darren Fisher. It's D-A-R-R-E-N dot Fisher. F-I-S-H-E-R. He is, uh, he actually was, uh, from the old guard of CMA with me and he's a jeweler 
He's a blacksmith. He's also a sculptor, and he's a, he's an incredible bronze caster. He does castings and stuff like that. He's also he's incredibly talented metal worker, but he's also uh, what was referred to as a whitesmith. Have you ever heard of a whitesmith? No. Those are the guys who deal with like precious metals. Like this guy is like a legit serious uh, metal guy, and he's a super smart guy. Rod of fun. A few years ago. I may or may not have been involved in almost killing him. If you want to hear the quick story real quick. Go for it's it. How I le- it's how I learned how to uh, vent my shop properly. We had him in a shop. We were teaching a class. And it was freezing cold. We didn't have any heat on. So we lit a couple forges. It wasn't well ventilated. We start to eat the oxygen out of the room. And he went to take a leak. When he came back in, he said when he walked into the room, he said it was like hit with like a invisible wall of atmosphere and started throwing up. So we, he's fine, and he we extended <laughs> our sincerest apologies, and we we're all good now. And he's doesn't I don't we don't know if he has any lasting brain damage or effect, but <laughs> you know I'm under the impression that everything's okay, and I'm hoping that this community showcase is going to make sure that any pending lawsuits don't happen. So I just want you to follow Darren. He's an awesome guy. All jokes aside, he's a super good guy, and he's when I start to do classes this coming year, he's definitely going to be teaching one, and he's definitely worth a follow. He's a super super du- good dude. Nice. Darren Dot Fisher. Cool, cool. Again, all these will be in the show notes on the website. And remember, on the website, you've got the forum, you've got our supplies list. There's, there's a bunch of stuff on there. So go check out knifetalk.net. Okay, we've got a new jingle. <laughs> we got beef. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. Genuine cows there. Let's do it again. We got beef. <laughs> Who is that? That's, is that's that Ben Snur. Snur. Is that Ben Snur? Snur, yeah. So one of the listeners. That is a, yeah. that is a rootin' tootin' cowboy. That motherfucker is a legit rootin' tootin' cowboy. <laughs> Only the best for this show. He's actually teaching a class down at Doghouse Forge. I think he's going to be doing a hammer-making class. Oh, So nice. if you're looking, I think there's a few slots he makes some left. Nice so hammers. you go to Doghouse Forge. He makes nice hammers, real nice hammers. If you go to Doghouse Forge, there's some classes going on there, and I might be in a class too, but I know that there's a couple slots left for this hammer-making class over at Doghouse with Ben Snur. It's definitely worth it. So, cool. There we go. Well, this is the part of the episode where we kind of vent our frustrations, air our grievances, and I think uh, Craig's got one for us to kick us off. Yeah, it's people who say... That's hilarious. And they don't laugh. In the middle of a conversation, they go, that's hilarious. And they'll carry on talking. Oh. And it seems to be Americans. I don't know if it's Americans only, um, but I'm hearing it in a lot of podcasts at the moment. So I listen to a lot of podcasts here in the shop. And it's just becoming more and more common. And it, it just really grinds me. It's like in the middle of a conversation, just going, ha, LOL, and carrying on talking. Oh, my God. <laughs> if, it, if it's hilarious, you laugh. You don't just say, hilarious well, it's I, weird it's super weird so I've yeah people who say that. that's hilarious that's weird that's super I've, weird so i've definitely don't. done that i've definitely done that yeah i well, think you're trying i mean that's hilarious i mean i got a lot i mean you know hilarious i've definitely done that well you're part of the problem <laughs> clearly I, clearly I, clearly you're absolutely right <laughs> I, I, and i will i will now uh, i uh, accept my responsibility i will stop saying hilarious and i'll just laugh <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> maniacally 
<laughs> I, I will admit <laughs> no that you're not wrong <laughs> i i've i've said that's hilarious but i also sometimes say that's really funny but because i don't laugh and i say it very straight-faced a lot of people think that i'm just being an asshole <laughs> and and giving them a hard time but i actually do think what they're saying is funny but all for whatever reason i don't i just say that's really funny and, and that's funny. it and it's, and it's you, hilarious you know would you would you prefer nothing if you say something that's and, and you get nothing you get like you know what I do you want well just don't say that's hilarious if you don't find it hilarious <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's weird it's yeah. weird. There you go. Chortle. Don't Rekka, say it. What have you got? Any beefs? Beefs. Yeah. So. Mm. We got beef. <laughs> beef. It's been a real star-studded episode on this 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 episode. Real oh, star-studded. Yeah. Star-studded. Uh, That's why my computer broke last time. It fried because I had all these <laughs> all these lined up. <laughs> um. Yeah, so when I ran that sale, it was really interesting to see people's responses to it. Like, and freaking 99.9% of it was positive, but there was definitely some people. I had a couple people trolling. There was one guy that was trolling me. He was bugging the shit out of me. I just had to ignore him. But I had one person that was very uh, annoying. And essentially, they they asked on the post, um, you know, why? Carefully, might be listening. I don't just give a be, fuck. Get careful. Um, he basically, I get messages. I get messages. I can't he, say shit anymore. Yeah, he he basically asked me to explain why I made the chef's knives the way I did, why the profile, why you know how do I sharpen them, and all. The, I'm just like, I don't know. I, I at first, yeah, I was I was indignant, but at the same time, I was like, well, you know, maybe somebody just doesn't know, but. Then I looked through his Instagram. He claims himself to be, you know, a, a knife aficionado and all this kind of stuff, and and knows a lot of shit about knives and is a chef. And and after seeing that, I was like, you know what? Actually, I don't need to explain myself to you. You either like yeah. it and you get it, or you don't, and you can get the That's fuck right. out of here. So yeah, bye. And I just I did. It's I, not for I you. Ignored him. Yeah, it's a guy that is totally. That's that's. A, it's not for you. Yeah. Mm. It's not for you. It's these are those are the people who, when they ask you a million questions and all, oh, I try to, da, 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 they're still the ones they're not going to buy anyway. They're just trying to pass the time. Yeah, mm. that, that's it's hilarious. infuriating. Well, and just the oh, mindset, you fucker, you, fucker. <laughs> 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 you son of a bitch, you, you got him, you got him. Well, and I think what also annoyed me the most is, or is just people in general with that kind of mindset of. I, that they think so highly of themselves that they think that you should explain yourself to them. And I'm just like, who the fuck do you think you are? Get the fuck out of here. So. People don't care. Yeah. People don't care. I'm still to this day, I'm getting the, you know what you should do. You should make uh, uh, knives for car OEs. You, you know what you should do? You should sell this. You know what you should do? You should auction this. You know what you should do? Just look and then go i'm you know I'm, I, but right now i just i wish you could see me right now i'm doing i I'm, my fingers pinch and i'm run, i'm doing that italian like spicy meatball thing i'm, I'm shaking <laughs> my fist at the microphone saying you know what you should do you know, fuck away off joe pesci style yeah totally nice. i'm literally like a spicy meatball my fingers in a in a pinch and i'm making like the, the just shaking it <laughs> cue Mama the memes mia. cue the memes they're coming jesus christ 
<laughs> What's your beef then, Jeff? Well, while we were off for two weeks, I felt guilty. So I started, I haven't been doing a lot of live feeds only because I just like, it's enough with the content. It's like, I gotta like focus. So when I've been getting it towards the end of the days, I did a live feed. And for some reason, Bob Ross started coming up very often. And I just wanted to make a point about Bob Ross. Now, when I was a kid, very young, I used to like watching what my father referred to as Saturday morning cartoonies. So I'd wake up really early and there was nothing on. And then I'd have to, you know, about four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. And I'd turn on the TV and there on, you know, public access or public uh, radio was a public, uh, you know what I'm talking about was Bob Ross. He had a big Afro and a big bushy beard and he stood there with a palette in his hand and he had a back black background with a paintbrush and he was quietly telling you how to paint. And he was saying, you take this pen and you need a little bit of paint here and then make tiny little leaves, a happy little tree goes here. And he was, and I was watching him and I was just like, yeah, he's talking nicely blah 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 showing you how to paint and then one morning my father who was an established painter my father was a very very good painter he came in and wondering what i was doing and he came in and he goes what are you watching and i and i, and I sat he sat down with me and he looks at this motherfucker and he goes don't look don't watch this stuff this is not this is going to ruin you as an artist and what happened was, is I started to realize later in life and when I was become, going to art school and going to painting school or school to do a plaster for painting and I was teaching, getting, learning how to do art. What Bob Ross did, Bob Ross is the patient zero of these bullshit how-to YouTube channels. Because what he did is he, he taught people how to do gimmicks. He taught people how to buy a special type of paint. And you taught a special type of brush, and then you add a little bit of the blue and a little bit of yellow, and then you make this flickering sound, and then there you have a pine bough. He 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 destroyed the concept of how to become an artist, and he created this vacuum, and he started teaching people how to make these bullshit pizzeria paintings, and and <laughs> it got to the point where he's being celebrated recently, and uh, I know he was a nice guy, and he served in Vietnam, and he liked squirrels, and he was very pleasant, and I'm with you. He's a, not a bad guy. He was a good dude, but he kind of stripped back, and he, he, he destroyed the mindset of what being an artist is. It's, tr it's transcending the technique to creating something that speaks. It's not about using gimmicks to uh, get through what you're trying to get through but for some reason people have been mentioning bob ross to me and he was a good dude good dude did a lot of stuff blah 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 died penniless i'm sorry do you not but think he, he turned a lot of young people into painting and into art i think he did not because mm -hmm. i think what he did was i think he showed oh well what he did was he showed people how to uh maybe he did but what he did was he he, he created this these these gimmicks that allowed you to fake being what being an artist is. So like if you have a special brush just for pine boughs, you're not you're not understanding how paint really works. You're just, you know, you're you're learning these dumb gimmicks and then you're stringing all the gimmicks together and then all of a sudden you're an artist. It's just like I I feel like he he it's the same reason why these people who go to these uh they're these parties where you all make a you, everyone stands in front of an acrylic canvas and they make a you know a sunset with a beach scene and a margarita glass and they and it all looks like garbage and look if you're having a good time that's one thing but at the same time it's like i feel like he set the tone for 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 not really showing people how to become the artist that they want to be hmm. there okay. you go i get you. it's not really a beef it's not really a beef God bless him, but it was like, for some reason it came up a lot, and I was just like, you know what? This guy fucking crippled, crippled the artistic, you know, 
fortitude, the inner fortitude of modern man. There you go. There we go. Time for one last section. Hey, cuties. Oh, Jesus. What's the best thing you've had in your mouth this week? <sighs> what do we think? Best thing wasn't we've eaten this. I need, I need to give this some thought myself. Wasn't that goddamn soup? That's for sure. Jesus Christ. I'm about to, I'm clenching. I'm like, I feel like a, I feel like a water balloon that you haven't tied the knot. I'm like, I'm like clenching like you wouldn't believe. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. Morocco, what's the best thing you've eaten? Oh, uh, Jesus. All right. Well, I mean, it's the holiday season. And so, um, you know, or, and it's colder. So there, I got a couple things, you know, people are starting to do a lot more baking. And, uh, a friend brought some cookies by the other day and, uh, they're just like very simple. Uh, they're, they're almost like a shortbread cookie, but they had like cranberries in them. And, uh, it's just, it was very nice. It was a good cookie. And then before that though, my, my wife does a lot of soups and, uh, especially because it's getting colder. Uh, she made this uh, Moroccan, uh, shit, I can't remember what the, what she called it, some sort of Moroccan soup. It's like a, a carrot soup of some sort. And uh, it's got all kinds of spices and, and, and uh, cayenne and stuff. And it's, it's, it's not only warm, but it's warming and it's super delicious. Mm. And um, we just ate that with some like crusty sourdough with butter on it and Ugh, it's so good. I mean, what I, I don't know what else you can ask for from a soup other than it's delicious and and for some beautiful crusty buttered bread. Buttered so, salty butter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> how how's your ass holding up there, Jeff? <laughs> hey, how do you know? What do you mean? I'm all right. I mean, I didn't run off. I'm like you know, I'm like up to my back teeth though. But other than that, I'm fine. I'm going to go with some some of Fingal's cheese, actually. Um, so it was a bunch of cheeses that he sent over. I'm surprised you said cheese. I thought I you were going to go with something else. I was going to go with Fingal's sausage, was the best thing I've had in my mouth this week. But uh, it would be a lie. It'd be the, his cheese. Um, a really, really smoky um, cheese. And I really like smoky stuff. But sometimes, you know, smoky, it can be a bit acrid and sometimes be a bit bitter and it's not very nice. But this cheese, um, which I, I think it's just it's like gubbin smoked, it said on the uh, label. Just beautiful, beautiful. And I had a big old slice with a big glass of wine mm. in front of the fire. It was it was lovely. So, yeah, Fingal smoked cheese, very, very Is that good. a sheep cheese or a goat cheese or what's the milk? Is it cow um, cheese, cow's milk? Is it? Maybe I, think, is it? I think it's cow's mm. milk. Yeah, I think it's cow's milk. Is it Fromunda? You know about Fromunda cheese? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus. No? No. By the way, I got a message from our, a new listener, a very high-level listener, Will Morrison, one of the best knife makers in the world out of Australia, listens to the podcast, and he suggested, he said to me, more dick jokes. So... <laughs> So, you know, right, gotta, give okay. it to, gotta give the guy what he wants. You there's, know? A, there's a challenge for next week. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, you know, you gotta be Will Morris. You want more dick jokes and, you know, blah, 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 blah. There you go. What have you got then, Jeff? Best thing in your mouth? I had a fucking good apple. I had a good <laughs> apple. apple. I'm telling you, it was a fucking good apple, man. It better be I, it a was very a, good apple. It was, a, it was a real good, it was one of them science apples. It was a honey crisp apple. Mm. God damn, that fucker was good. It was crispy and it was juicy. It was a good ass apple. That's the only thing I can think of as a good apple because it's not that fucking 
Thai goddamn hot beef soup because I th- I swear to God I I am going to obliterate my pants <laughs> in a minute. But other than that, the apple was fantastic. A honey crisp apple, probably a, a science apple. I don't care. I liked it. I liked everything about it. The honey an- crisp apple. The, the answer. Oh shit! Sorry. The, the answer. <laughs> the answer- Gold, bitches! Oh, Jesus, sorry. Sorry, that's Josh jumping in. Um, Googly-eyed, that googly-eyed fuck. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, what we had, we've had cheese, we've had soup, and we've had an apple. Wow. Damn right. Good apple, man. Ain't that exciting? (laughs) Good-ass apple. Happy 100, baby. Good-ass apple. So that's it for the week. That's our 100th episode all done. Nice. May I make one request sure. now that we're still on the air before the new year or whatever? Yeah. Can we revisit the all beef review? Is it possible we could do an all beef review all episode? Beefs. Why not? Why, well, we've got Christmas coming up. Why not do a Christmas or a, um, a Thanksgiving all beef special? So, uh, so that what that means, guys, is is you. We read off your beefs. We did a yeah. whole episode last year where we read off all your beefs. It was the whole episode. It was the all beef review. It was hilarious. So, if you want to send in your DMs, DM us your all beef. You can write in the subject or write in the front all beef for the all beef review, and we'll start to collect them. All beef review. Want to leave all beef review on the on the hotline? Get ready. Mm. All beef review. Are we also up. still taking uh, audio DMs as well? Because the sound quality through those seems, usually seems to come through pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah, on Instagram, you can send us an audio DM yeah. or you can leave a message on our yeah. hotline. We're everywhere. We're everywhere, everywhere at the moment. Life Talk Festivus. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's episode 100. We're done. Jeff, look after yourself. Yeah. Keep your butthole <laughs> okay. tight. Okay. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.